There's no way that God can bless your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your wife or your husband unless Christ is the center of the relationship. If Christ is not in the center of your relationship and you have something else instead of that, then that's idolatry. Because the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, if you're in a season of waiting on God for a spouse, today's study will equip you with wisdom and encouragement. Today, as Raul reflects on Isaac and Rebecca's divinely orchestrated meeting, you'll see how the future strength and health of your marriage starts with your own personal relationship with the Lord. We'll see a clear example in coming to God in surrender and trust that He will guide us in His perfect time and way. Today's lesson is titled, How to Choose a Spouse. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins. This morning, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 24. And one of the things that happens as we begin to study this great chapter is that there are typologies that are seen here And the reason for that is God is preparing the way that His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, is coming and He's looking for a wife for Himself. So Abraham becomes a type of God the Father. Isaac becomes God the Son, Jesus Christ. And then Rebekah becomes the type of the church. And then Eliezer, the servant, becomes the Holy Spirit, a type. And what's beautiful about this beautiful picture here in chapter 24 is that Abraham wants to make sure that his son marries someone in common fellowship. Which means, because the New Testament wasn't written yet, that the Holy Spirit was leading the event. Because when you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14... Through chapter 7, verse 1, it says this, Be you not unequally yoked together with a non-believer, for what fellowship has God with Satan or the devil? Think of how many people go into business as Christians with non-believers. And then you get ripped off. And then I think of how many young people and older people and old people Make a choice when their wife dies or they separate and divorce to get remarried to someone that is not a Christian when the Bible forbids it. One day we forget that we're going to stand in the presence of God in judgment. Before you were a Christian, God doesn't hold you accountable to that any longer. Why? Because by His precious blood, He washed it all away. But the day you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit comes upon your life, from that day on until the day you die, you are accountable for your actions. Remember that. That before you make a decision, you better go to the Lord and ask Him. 
you better pray. Because if you don't pray, you could make a mistake in the flesh that will cost you for the rest of your life. And I've seen that happen so many times. Think of how many times Christians compromise, young Christians, single Christians will compromise by having a non-believer boyfriend or girlfriend when God forbids it. And think of how many married people that have families at work or at the gym or somewhere else, they have a boyfriend or they have a girlfriend. That's called adultery. For the singles, it's called fornication. Sin is sin. The problem is you have a sin of ignorance and then you have a sin of transgression. And when you're sinning and transgressing against God, which means you have a conscience, if you know that it's wrong and you do it, to you it is great sin. Paul said it. God will judge you. And there's no doubt in my mind. Why? Because this is God's word. God is a holy God. And we are people that have unclean lips. And we're approaching a holy God. When Moses came to the burning bush and approached the burning bush, God said, Moses, before you could ever come into my presence, you better take off your sandals. You got dirty feet and you have to come in here in holiness. There's no way that God can bless your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your wife or your husband unless Christ is the center of the relationship. If Christ is not in the center of your relationship and you have something else instead of that, then that's idolatry. If you worship your husband or your wife or your children, you love them more than you love God, then you're an idolater worshiping other gods. Right, because the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Love God with all of your heart, all of your being, all of your mind. You can play church all your life and still go to hell. And there's a lot of times that people have a mentality that if I go to a church and they have membership, you sign a piece of paper, you become the member of the Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, whatever church it may be, even the Catholic church. Or you can become a Buddhist, you join Buddha or Krishna. Or you become a Muslim. That that makes you a religious person. Yes, you become a religious person worshiping a religion. I'm not religious. I have a love relationship with God. That's the most important thing to me. And Abraham here in this story becomes a type of God the Father, His Son the type of Jesus Christ, the servant becomes a type of the Holy Spirit, Rebecca becomes a type of the church. What is God doing? God is looking for a bride for His Son. To have fellowship. To be united. And at the same time, let's begin by reading verses 1-9 through nine real quickly. We'll pick up verse 10, where we're starting this morning. He says, now Abraham was all well advanced in age. He was 140 years. He was going to live another 35 years, and then he would die. And the Lord God blessed Abraham with all things. And Abraham said to his oldest servant, Eliezer, of his house, who ruled over everything that he had, please put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear. 
And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among where I dwell. Wow. Mark that. Point number one. You don't take a male or a female boyfriend or girlfriend to become your husband and wife from where? From the world. If they're non-Christians, you're in sin. That's in the Old Testament. It's also in the New Testament. So it's really important for me to understand if I'm going to have one foot in the world, one foot in Christ, you're going to get hurt. You're either fully committed to Christ or fully committed to the world. But don't straddle the fence. Please, you'll get hurt. Because Paul the Apostle, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 3 to 10, he tells us that if you're a real child of God, and you're walking in carnality, what is God going to do? He loves you, so as a son or a daughter, if you have children, if they do something wrong, what do you do? You correct them, otherwise you don't love them. And think of how many parents compromise with their children, and then they reap the consequences in years to come. Poor disciplinarians. And they don't have the example in the home where the father's running around with another woman or the mom. And then they're getting divorced or they're getting separated. So what are we doing? We're actually reaping what we have sown. And so Abraham wants to make sure that in his family, they don't marry non-believers. Why? Because Christ is going to come through that seed. You see? That's the seed of the Messiah. Watch this. Verse 4. But you shall go to my country, to my family, to take a wife for my son Isaac. Notice how clear that is. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land which I came from? Now listen, if I go and I talk to them, and she says, I don't want to go unless he comes here, he says, it won't work. I'm not going to send my son. And if she don't want to come here, then break it up and you're free. But don't bring her. Unless she's fully committed. I mean, God is showing us here, I mean, an incredible lesson. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're committed to enriching you with the soul-strengthening truth of God's Word. Call us anytime at 800-634-9165. You can also visit us at somebodylovesyou.com to purchase this entire series and explore our other resources. Let's continue now with more of our study, How to Choose a Spouse. He goes on in verse 6, he says, But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. Then the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from your oath. Only do not take my son back there. 
Why? Because my relationship with God is not by a law. It's not a forceful thing. It's willingly. I want to be willing to follow Christ. Imagine if you're forcing somebody to get married to you, the marriage will never work. That's not free choice. So Abraham, as a type of the father, is saying, don't force a relationship. She don't want to come. That's cool. Break the relationship. That's fine. We'll wait on God to see what he has. And think of how many young people don't wait on God. And then you reap the consequences in your marriage. I've done hundreds of marriages. I did one marriage that in the same day, the next day, they got separated. And the following week, they got divorced. They got annulment. And there are people like that in the church. You may be sitting here today. And to me, it's incredible because I am a sinner too. How I can come to church and sit in church and continue to be in sexual sin with my boyfriend or girlfriend, continue to be gay, continue to do the things that we do, molesting children, lying and cheating in my taxes and doing all these things and then call myself a Christian. That's hypocritical, my friends. That should never happen. God won't put up with that. You have to be honest with God. You have to be holy as He is holy. Not perfect. Because none of us are perfect. We all sin. We all make mistakes. We all trip and fall. But God here is giving instruction. And then check this out, verse 6 of chapter 24. He says, But Abraham said to him, Beware that you don't take my son back there. And then again, verse 8. Again, he goes on. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you're released from your oath and take my son back there. Never. So verse 9. So then the servant put his hand under his thigh of Abraham, his master. And what did he do? He swore. What is the Holy Spirit? He's one with God the Father, God the Son. He says, I'll do exactly what you told me to do. I will be obedient. Verse 10. Notice. Can God trust you? Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. And he got up and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. Nahor was Abraham's brother. Notice that. He's going to his brother's house to get a wife. Be you not unequally yoked together. Remember, he's going there. And then he made his camels to kneel down. When he got there, he made his camels to kneel down outside of the city by a well of water at evening at the time when women would go out to draw water. In that culture, the woman's job, when you go to Israel, it's a good lesson for women to be on the bus and look out to the left as we're going up to Jerusalem. And the reason I say that is because you got the Bedouins on the right and on the left. They live in tents. They've been around for a long time to the time of Abraham. And what you see is you see the man in the tent sitting on pillows, drinking coffee and smoking their pipes. And the women, they're the ones that take down the tent, put up the tent, go get the water and take care of the herds. Since they're little until they grow up. Things haven't changed yet for them. You get a good education in the Middle East. 
And it's by the grace of God and Jesus Christ and Paul the Apostle that women have been set free in America and in the world because of Jesus Christ. And it's really important that we understand that in this culture, when he got to the city, before he ever did anything, the first thing that he did, he stood outside, and what he does is he prays for God's will to be done. He doesn't do anything. Watch this, verse 12. And then he said, he starts praying, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please, Give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. What does the Holy Spirit do? He intercedes. Romans 8, read it. 28 tells you. The Holy Spirit is the one that intercedes for us when we pray. And then what's really cool about that is he's praying. And then verse 13 says, Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. So as he watched the young girls coming out, he said, Okay, Lord, if Isaac's wife is among them, show me. And what is he going to do? He says, Show me by these two signs. Number one, I'll say, can I have a cup of water? She'll give me a cup of water. And then she'll say, do you want me to also give water to your camels? Then I'll know that's her. Watch this, verse 13. He's standing, verse 14. And now let it be that the young woman whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink water. And as she says, drink, I will also give your camels to drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Wow. Full dependency on who? God. Full dependency. Not rushing it. Think of how many young people rush it. They don't even know each other. And think of how many young people in dating, if they don't keep a pure life, how many girls end up pregnant and then commit abortions. Millions of babies have been killed because people like to play. That's called murder. It's really important that we see that when Rebecca comes here, it's appointed by God. They haven't ever met. Watch what happens. Verse 15 and then it came to pass, before he had finished speaking, he was praying that what? God answered his prayer immediately. Notice this. That Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Micah, his wife Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher and her shoulder. And the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. Notice that. If you had previously had sex when you were not a Christian, you come to Christ, then Christ sees you now as a virgin. All things become what? Brand new. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. The problem will come greater when you become a Christian and having the knowledge and the wisdom and transgressing against the truth. That's what kills people. You know you're wrong and yet you rebel against God. He will discipline you if you're a real son and daughter of God. He says that she was a virgin. No man had ever touched her, known her sexually. 
And she went down to the well to fill her pitcher and came up. So we have this beautiful picture of what? Of the church. And then verse 17. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me have a drink of water from your pitcher. And she said, notice God's word now. Drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving a drink to him, she said, I will also draw water from your camels also until they have finished drinking. God's word comes to fulfillment. Do you know what it's like to actually give camels a drink of water when you have 20 of them? Camels love water. They store water Think by the time she finishes giving water to drink to every one of those camels, the hard labor that she had to do. But notice God's word as he says, it comes to pass. And here is the woman that God is choosing for who? For Isaac. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. I am the bride of Jesus Christ. God has chosen us from the foundations of the world. The way God works blows my mind. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trout. She ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And then the men wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosper or not. What did he do? He waited and tested her to see if this was really the Lord. Lord, show me for sure if this is her. He didn't jump and get emotional. Too many relationships are emotional. And it's amazing how God speaks to our hearts. And yet there will be many of you here that will walk out of here and do exactly what you want. You won't listen. And then I will hear about you one day. You'll be a casualty, just like so many. It's real important to understand God's word. He goes on to say this, verse 22. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the men took a golden nose ring, weighed a half a shekel, and two bracelets for her wrist, weighing ten shekels of gold. Can you believe this? Here is the Holy Spirit now doing what? Giving gifts to the bride. If you're single but your desire is to be married, it's natural for that wish to stand front and center in your mind and heart. But we hope today's lesson has been an inspiration for you to reset your focus on the Lord Himself, trusting that He has a perfect plan for your future. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's message again in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165 and mention today's title, How to Choose a Spouse. We'll send a copy to you for a donation of $5 or more. To further encourage you with Isaac and Rebecca's story, we'd like to tell you about an MP3 thumb drive of the entire five-part series we're currently airing. You'll find hope and peace as you join Roland exploring how God divinely orchestrated the union of two people who were unlikely to ever meet on their own. To order Roll's five-part series for singles, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $10 or more. 
Once again, that number is 800-634-9165. You can also order this resource by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves Your Radio is fully listener-supported. We're grateful for your partnership, and every contribution is tax-deductible. Join us next time for more insight into how you can honor the Lord as you wait on His plan for your future. You'll see that when you choose to trust God as Rebecca did, you pave the way for God to pour out His rich blessings in your life. Here's Roll now with a closing comment. Verse 23, And then he said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge in? Can I stay overnight? And she said, yes, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Michael's son, who she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw to feed enough and room enough to lodge you. We can feed your camels, give them water, drink, and feed them, and you can stay in our house. And then the men bow down. Notice what he does. He worships. Wow, Lord, awesome. You led me. The whole way. That's what you will do when God leads you. You will worship. Notice what he says. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy or his truth toward his master. For as for me, being on the way, the Lord, and get this, underline this, the Lord led me. Are you being led by God or by your emotions? The Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. God will lead you everywhere you go when you put God first in your life. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.